This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning. And with me, Sue Richter, head of the Vermilion County Museum. I always refer to the museum, and I just, seriously, I just had this conversation with somebody the other day who looked, when I said something about the museum, they looked at me and said, we have a museum? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know. And I just started (laughs) laughing. I said, yes, that's that building you drive past about 60 miles an hour on Gilbert, although you can't do that now because there's too much traffic. (laughs) Right. It is one good thing. There's a lot of traffic now. Anyway, good morning and welcome. You can actually read the sign up. (laughs) You can. Good morning and welcome, Sue. Uh, And it is, it truly, the museum is uh, a jewel in our community that we, we just too often forget is there. And I don't know, we think we may think about going to a museum when we go away somewhere, go to some other town, but we don't think about our own museum and our own history, which is pretty rich. Right. Definitely. Definitely. So, so, so tell us kinds of things people can see if they come to the museum. Well, the thing that's really unique is even though we've gone through a period of not having a lot of visitors, we have been able to uh, change things. So we've got a few new additions uh, for small mini exhibits that people are able to see. Some new things that go along with our our existing exhibits that really kind of flesh them out, round them out, make them a little more interesting, which is fun. I mean, uh, in September we had the dedication of our new Lincoln Head Penny that that uh, Dick Belton did for us that is absolutely the students that have come so far this school year have been fascinated by it and that is what I think is really cool well explain it okay well he sculpted a head of of Lincoln which is really a wonderful work of he did it with you know cardboard styrofoam plaster Paris and everything and then it is completely covered with pennies and it's just astounding to look at it with the shading of the pennies and the way they're cut and the way they're applied. And then it's completely covered with epoxy. You have this beautiful, large Lincoln head. And the students are just fascinated by it. One little boy stood the other day and he goes, wow. I thought he was going to say, how many pennies? Because right, they right. ask that. Or that is really cool. Can we touch it? This type of thing. He stood there and he goes, I wonder how long that took him. Oh, cool. And I thought, hey. Yeah. That's kind of neat. It you know, is. that was, you know, just from a third grader, it wasn't what you expected to hear. A third grader on top of it. That's uh, pretty cool. You know, cool. really cool. And then we have the gentleman from the VA who made the wonderful log cabin we have um, out there as one of his projects. And it's just the students, we give them a flashlight and they shine it in the windows and they look at how it's constructed. And they, you know, they realize, you know, we can do things like this too. You know, it's part of history, but while they're learning history, they're seeing what can be accomplished. And I think that's really, really important. Well, and, and I got to tell you, I think that's one of the things that you and Don have worked on as long as I've known both of you um, and you've been involved in the museum. It's about making our history real and um, touchable, feelable, something that can make an, exp- an impression on you so that you take away the stories of Vermilion County. I mean, it's not just picking up a book and reading history, which few people really enjoy that much, to be honest. It is living history, and you get to feel it and see it and touch it. And that 
that's a takeaway message. That goes with you. You well, carry that. We've made the Carl Project part of our history. We have that beautiful upstairs window. We have the best view in town to see what's going on. And the other day, they were pouring concrete for part of the parking lot. So again, the students step up on the stool, and they're looking out the window, and then going, hey, guys, they're pouring concrete. Come look at this. I didn't realize this is how they did that. You know, they had the big auger, and they're putting it up on a floor. You know, okay, they, someone might say, well, they're always driving past construction sites. Well, yeah, you're in a car, you're going so many miles per hour, and you're going past, and you get a glimpse and you see it. But to be able to stand there and watch them do it comes to the realization, this is really cool. You know, man, look at all the people they got working out there. Well, you don't build a building with one person. You know, you got crews and people are working on the parking lot. People are working on the building and everything else. And it's all of a sudden it comes home to those students what's going into that project. And it's like seeing history in the making, you know, and I think that's good. They need to know that what's happening out there when they're looking out the window tomorrow becomes history because it's past. And I think it it makes it all seem real to them. So how crazy has it been in your neighborhood? Oh, it's it's been a little crazy. Uh, The big thing now is with roads closed and things of that sort is people call, we can't get to you. Well, you can, but it's just a little roundabout way, you know, so it's giving directions and things of that. And we are starting to see people come back now. So that's really I was going to say, let's talk about that for a minute. I know times were tough for everybody uh, in in terms of surviving COVID and not being able to go anywhere or get in or be anywhere and be comfortable. We've got a lot of that behind us. Uh, still have to be careful. But how has it been? Are you getting people back now? We were we were wondering what would happen with the fall because that's normally when we have our senior travelers that start mm-hmm. traveling after students are back in school. And we are getting some. They're not coming from as far distances as what they had before. We're getting a lot of Illinois visitors and Indiana visitors because they're looking for trips that are short mm-hmm. yeah and they're enjoying it uh we've had a f- quite a few come over within the last month and a half from champaign county that hadn't been before and of course we're out there with the program where they can go through their library if they have a library card and they can get the passes for wednesdays which gives them reduced admission to the main building and so some people are utilizing that and even the people in the county that's available for them if they want to come and they don't feel like they want to pay the full door fee they can go to the light if they're a library member go to their you know damn public library has it i think and i think oakwood does the the tour illinois program where they can go and get the little little ticket they print on their computer and gets them in a little bit cheaper what about museums in today's world you know we uh we talk a lot and we, we haven't had this conversation i don't know why but we haven't um we we we're so aware of all the technology and all the ability that i can sit in my living room and i can see and do whatever i want to do literally mm-hmm in my flannels and my 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 flip flops, whatever. Um, how is that affecting the museum business overall? What are you hearing from other museums across the country? Because um, museums are very much a part of our of our world everywhere. Certainly here, we care about that. But is it changing? Are people still wanting to do that in person thing or? What? I think people are because they still want to know that that artifact is alive someplace, if you want to look at it that way, or that story is there. And we're doing a lot of work through looking for Lincoln with promoting the museums throughout the state. We're coming out with a series of videos where people can learn about the place or a funny story or an incident, something that brings it home that this is a unique place to go visit, that yes, you can sit in your home and you can learn about the places, but you're not going to learn those 
fun facts, those historical facts, those are what you're going to get when you go to that place. That's what the people that are there in charge are going to be able to impart to you or a story in an exhibit is going to be able to tell you. It's going to be able to give you that extra more. You can go and do it from your living room couch, but you're just going to get the bland information. And you're not going to get to changing information as much because even though you have technology, it doesn't change as fast as what the things are changing in the museum world itself. Wilbur and I had a, had the opportunity a while back to go up to Pontiac to the we, I'd always talked about going and never had the Route 66 museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, what an experience that was! I mean, they've really done a nice job there of gathering mementos of the entire Route 66 mm-hmm. travel. Uh, it's a I don't know. It's a walk back through history. It really is, and especially if you grew up, you know, on the Dixie Highway going to Chicago right. or or whatever, and you're used to that whole concept, or going out to uh, to New Mexico, as I grew up doing, um, on Route 66, it's a hoot and a half to see, like, mm-hmm. the diners and the, ho- and the motels, right. and just the timepiece, just to go back and experience and walk through and see all of that. It's a really nice museum. I was it impressed. Mm-hmm. I, I, they really have done a nice job. And then on top of that, they have a war museum upstairs, which is just stunning. Mm-hmm. Small, but stunning. They've got uniforms from every era, and era, and they're on they're on models, styrofoam models. So you walk in, and there's just uniform after uniform after uniform. It just kind of takes your breath away. Mm-hmm. So museums can move you. You, you they, think they're old and stuffy, but they're not. Well, and, and people like, you know, we have one display case where we're always changing because it's new items that come in. And as something unique comes in, then we'll put it in the case and then people get the idea, oh, gee, yeah, that's really cool. I can remember that place or I can remember this place or, oh, gee, do you need more of that, you know, type thing. Well, sure, in some cases we do and in other cases we don't. But it it's the interaction yeah. that I think people enjoy. I do too. And being able to come in 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 a friendly place. And we're kind of like the little corner of tourism because somebody comes in and then they're there a while and it's like, oh my goodness, we didn't realize how long we were here. Where can we we go eat? You know. Absolutely. Economic impact. You know, you're guiding people across town or, oh, is there someplace here while we're here we can buy this? Well, sure. You can go down there and they can help you. So it's it's all part and parcel of people coming to your community and you making them feel welcome. Absolutely. We're going to go to break. Come back and talk with Sue about the real reason she's here in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning with Sue Richter who heads up the Vermilion County Museum on Gilbert Street. If you have never been there, find the time to go because it's a really great experience. The Fithian home is just stunning. A step back in time uh, in our history. And then the the museum itself next door. First of all, you get a great view of the Carl Project I mean, <laughs> yeah. up on the second floor. Come and see so that's, I mean, that's worth a visit. Um, but it's also <clears throat> just stunning to see how rich our history is here in Vermilion County. So the reason you're here actually is to talk about the book sale. So yes, tell me a, about that. Biennial book sale. Have it every two years. Uh, and what it is is individuals who donate to the museum that say, if you can't use it, you can sell it. 
you know. And so we have a wide and varied assortment this year. It's very strange here because everybody was cleaning stuff out. (laughs) There was a lot of cleaning that went on during COVID. (laughs) Right. So then, you know, people brought in things they knew that we normally sell in the book sale. And then it's, well, you know, I got this too. Do you want it? You can sell it and earn a little extra money. So there's some unusual things like a keyboard, electronic keyboard small one somebody could buy uh but there's um a microwave type toaster oven type thing i mean <laughs> hey you know it's not a yard sale they're better i mean these are things that have never been taken out of their boxes and used in a lot of cases they're not used things it's well we had it and we put it in the car when we packed the other stuff of course the main thing we like to concentrate on is the books magazines and things and even this year we have a large selection of almost new books. They look like they've just come off the shelf from Barnes and Nobles uh, from one of our members who reads a certain genre book and, you know, said, hey, use them, get what you can out of them. So there's a wide selection for people this year that I think they'll really enjoy uh, coming to the museum and see, plus antiques, collectibles, those type things that we have that people give to us. A lot of people, you know, when they're doing estate sales, they're not from here and they're not here long enough that they want to have a sale of any type so they just pack it up and you know they'll say hey take out of it what you can use for your exhibits and feel free to dispose of the others however you feel able so some of the items that even come in have already gone to habitat because it's something they can use and people appreciate it because then they don't have to wait around you know we can take it and drop it off and things of that sort not like we're the place that everybody can bring stuff and then we disperse it but it works out pretty good with the historical artifacts they bring in absolutely so when is the book sale uh the book sale is next week it starts on thursday for our members only and then friday and saturday it's open to the general public during normal museum hours which are uh from 10 to 4 10 to 4 so let's talk for a minute um about um you guys you folks at, at the museum uh, you are so good about, uh, you have so many properties, quite frankly, uh, that are of historical value to our community. You take very, very, very good care of them. And so you're in con- constant maintenance mode. Right. And so I know that your current project has to do with the Fithian House. So let's talk about that a little bit because that's kind of an interesting project. Yes, it is. We were We were collecting funds for our interior hallway project within the past two years because that's going to be expensive because of building scaffolding to put the new wallpaper up and and repair the ceilings and things. When we became aware that the front porch is slanting a little more than what we really were feeling comfortable with, and that's the porch floor, not the porch itself. The porch itself is fine. But that... you know, leads to a safety issue that we didn't, we needed knew that it needed to be addressed immediately and bringing in the contractor and looking underneath uh, years and years ago, which I'm back to the 1920s period, which is 100 years ago now, when the porch floor was poured, it was poured on a wood base with wood supports. And of course, after 100 years, those are no longer supporting the floor. So we're going to have to redo the floor, which means they're going to come in and put steel reinforcement and everything under to to pour the new floor. So it's quite expensive to do that because they're going to do it without disturbing the existing porch. I was just going to say, so part of that, <laughs> part of the challenge of that has to do with how they do it because those are sandstone steps right. built into the balustrades and railings and all of that. And stuff. all of that, right. And plus, we don't want to destroy the look that the front of the building has with our open 
open sandstone uh, blocks that are there for the base of it. Plus the fact that the museum sits on a foundation of of stone. We're, we're built on fieldstone foundation. So that all has to be able to breathe. So everything that's constructed, we have to still leave that breathability underneath it with the way it's set up. So it, it's, it's a little tricky. And so it, you know, runs the cost up a little bit to have it done properly. And so that's our project for the spring. That's what we've been garnering our funds for with the Fithian home. And then we'll go back to the interior, you know, renovation after we get, you know, the main building structurally safe. Well, and part of part of what you're doing, your timing factor is you're trying to get your funding lined up so you can get this done this year because this is an off year. You don't do school tours every year, is that correct? No, we or? do those all the time. Okay, well, how are you going to, you said that was going to make We're going to come in though. the back door. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have our back door friends. So we'll be able to utilize the back door of the museum to take everybody in there. Oh. So, so through that time while they're working on the front porch, they'll start in the spring of next year, actually, is when they'll, they'll do it when the as soon as the weather breaks Absolutely. so yeah so so tell us just real brief before we go go to a commercial break um what how many properties does does the museum have to have to is responsible for four buildings which are which are on three sites so you have the fifian home and the museum center here in town and then we have the layman house up on lincoln you know, in Lincoln Park. And what we do, and then we have Man's Chapel in south of Rossville. What we do is we put all our buildings on a five-year plan, both for exterior and interior renovations, which we did through COVID last year when we were closed. We had the meetings, everything had pretty well come to the end. So actually, if people, uh, you know, drive around, the Lehman House was repainted last Mm-hmm. You know, the other year we got new roofs on the buildings that needed them last through all the time we were down, which was really great. And then Man's Chapel, if anyone has been up there, it now has a new sign, which has been in the works, and a brand new fence, which is absolutely gorgeous. We had a donor come forth for the cemetery and the museum who paid to have the new fencing put up. And it's the wrought iron fencing, and it really is beautiful. And it puts the aesthetics back into the chapel. And so things like that, a lot of times we have to wait till we have individuals that are willing to donate towards a project of that sort in order to get it done. So it's been many years that our fence has been falling down and all the trees that were up there from one storm, the ones that fell were taken care of, but now we had to take all the other ones that were damaged out. So that was a cost. We have You have to wait till you accumulate the funds to do that and then the fencing went up and it's really beautiful yeah you, you guys do a you do you do a terrific so job sometimes things that. are done in exactly. sections that yeah. people aren't aware of that's going on you know behind the scenes of different things that are in the planning and raising funds for and you know we're just the museum's fortunate that we have donors out there that will support our say, projects because behind all of that are the donors and they're they're mm-hmm. pretty special we'll talk about them a little bit more when we come back to newsmakers 1490 wdan 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning. Very happy to have with me Sue Richter, who heads the Vermilion County Museum on Gilbert Street. If you have not been there, please go. Uh, You will be surprised, I think, and kind of taken aback by how rich our history is here in Vermilion County from 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 the Beckwith days forward. Um, we're just rich, rich in, mm-hmm. in so much history. And I that's not as dull as it sounds, trust me. There's 
the thing I love about your husband, about Don, is he is always researching all these stories, and you can pick up the the museum's magazine just about any time and find the most fascinating stories in there about our history. Um, and and it just it it just you know it brings it alive, right? And you and you got it. You you can't. I don't think you can appreciate where you are if you don't respect where you were or where you came from. And I think that's what history is about. Right. So uh, we talked a little earlier about, about museums and their challenges and getting people to come back and experience them in person. Um, from your perspective, you and, and all the staff at, at the museum, how do you approach a year or how do you approach what you have on display, what you do, how you change. I mean, obviously, you always do quilts. You always do Lincoln. You know, we know the always do. Mm-hmm. But how do you guys, you and Aaron and, and whomever, how do you sit down and talk about, this is what we're going to focus on this year? It, it, mm-hmm. It's kind of unusual because we look at what does come in, and sometimes we really do get very unique items in. And so then you start planning and you plan exhibits that sometimes seem like they're short-term, but they end up being more long-term. You know, the theme may be a short-term theme, but it's something that applies throughout the year. And so we're always looking for those type things to be able to put on on exhibit and those changes, just like the year we did the farm exhibit and, you know, everything was the farm related. We've kept part of that exhibit, but then we changed out to do more of the railroad and the businesses again to bring it back in. So we look at the collection and we see, oh, what has not, in a lot of cases, it's not a big exhibit. It's what hasn't been out in a while. What have people not been able to see that we have in the collection that we can put out? to kind of tantalize their interest and draw them back in. So uh, we're getting ready now to start plans for next year of what we want to change. We we had put up items after we took down the farm exhibit that now it's time to rotate those out. The last time we, we had a lot of questions about uh, what did men used to wear and women used to wear. So we went with the toiletry aspect of, of everything. And, and actually the students come in are fascinated. We thought they'd be fascinated by the women's things, but they're more fascinated by, by men's things and the fact <laughs> of men's little brushes for the mustaches and and the different razors and things of that sort that men used to use that, you know, we forget about the fact that they don't see these things anymore. So it's unique to them to think, oh, this is what grandpa used type of thing. And then for the older people to come in and say, I remember we had to use those when we were growing up, you know, type thing. So this is what you look for. You look for the things that people can use as touchstones for what they remember in history. So we we pull out, out of our archives what hasn't been out in a while and and try and you know fashion well that's the thing a lot of people it. don't realize <laughs> the behind the scenes tour behind the scenes tour yes the behind the scenes tour. <laughs> <laughs> tour at the museum is uh, almost as fascinating as what's on display because you guys have such large collections of things mm-hmm. that you can rotate in and out right that's pretty cool right and being able to utilize the the paper artifacts that we have which are really unique and the photographs because we have a wonderful photograph collection absolutely so once again, tell me about the book sale. When is it? What is it? And what will people find? Uh, book sale next week, uh, especially Friday, Saturday, 10 to 4. Um, books, old and new, antiques, collectibles, household, you know, a little bit of everything. Do you, um, 
And before we get out of here, real quick, just a minute. If somebody's cleaning out closets, they're cleaning out, and they find artifacts from the history of Vermilion County or whatever, um, it may or may not be something you need, but probably a good idea to at least ask. Ask. Yes. Yes, and sometimes we don't take a lot of huge things anymore because we don't have as much space you know, is what we'd like to have. But, you know, you don't want to see something slip through your fingers that tells a story. Absolutely. And there is, when you go back and you look at the business history of, of Danville and Vermilion County, it is really fascinating. We, it's, mm-hmm. There's just some great stuff out right. there. Right, yeah. So, so yeah, don't go, don't go whizzing by. And, and if for nothing else than a close-up view of the Carl Project. The Carl Project. <laughs> Hang out the window. window. Second floor window. (laughs) Hang out that window. And you will really get a view. Sue, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for uh, the opportunity that you provide for us to remember our past, remember our foundation, remember how we got where we are. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Don't forget, uh, Festival of Trees opens this weekend. Go and support it. I will be back on Monday. We're going to talk with uh, some folks from Danville High School about a bullying project that they're doing there that I'm just, I can't wait to talk about. So join us on Monday on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.